Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Childish Behavior with Rick and Aaron. Today, we are in the internet studios, and we have a special guest. An author, an illustrator, and a pastor. His name is Kellen Rockenbuck. What's up, Kellen? How are you today? Good morning. My day is awesome. Uh, Glad to be here. Glad to be on the show. So, Kellen, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm actually a a full-time pastor. That's my day gig. I've been a a pastor for three years, and I did uh, youth ministry for 12 years before that. But also, uh, sort of in my spare time, I write and illustrate children's books. Um, I have five right now that are available. I'm working on my sixth. And uh, I love children's books. I love children's literature. uh, But mostly, I just love being goofy. It's, it's a lot easier to be goofy in a children's book than, I guess, in other writing. So that's kind of how I scratch that itch of being goofy. My very first book was called My Dad Has a Beard. It's pretty autobiographical. Um, actually, I shouldn't say that. It's it's through the eyes of the child. So I guess it'd be like my son's biography. I have a follow-up to that book called Great Beards of History, um, which is another children's book that's about beards and a dad and and it's kind of silly. Uh, and then I have three non-beard-related books called The Awkward Dinosaurs. That's one of my newer ones. Um, and uh, I had one that just released for Mother's Day called My Mom is Always Right. One called Off to be Pirates. That's a, a little story about baby owls. Uh, it's, you know, silly and involves owls and mentions pirates. So there's a little bit of checking lots of boxes there. The books look so cool. For people that are that are considering writing books or something like that, what is, what was your approach to writing books? And like, did you self-publish or did you go through like a traditional? So uh, that's a great question because um, I think I think this is the question that stops most people from like doing this, and it's so much fun. I think every person should try writing a children's book. Um, should try all of these different things, but uh, the traditional publishing world is complicated and uh and Mm. um i didn't write my first book so my first book was my dad has a beard i wrote that just because i was having a lot of funny interactions with my infant son who was like pulling on my beard or like you know would when i held him the my beard would like go up over his head looked like he was wearing a toupee and like that was funny so um like i put together this book just as for fun. And I, I approached a friend who um, actually works with a, a publishing company to say like, how could I get one of these? Like, how do I, how do I make this idea and these, these designs that I've made into a book? Um, and they said, actually, we would really love to publish this. Um, it was a couple months before Father's Day. And they said, this would be a great thing for Father's Day. It would be a, a, something easily marketable. 
so I sort of fell into that and it's a particularly like it's a small regional Wisconsin based uh, publishing company, but there are lots of small publishing companies out there that um, I think connecting with is always a, a good idea as a first step. Um, but three of my books are self-published. Um, the, the non-beard related books I published myself because um, it's really not very hard to do that. Um, there's some really great tools through Amazon and uh, there's other companies out there too, but it costs almost no money up front. Um, really, it's just on you to, you you lose the company that's going to do the marketing, do the editing. If you don't do your own illustrations like I do, they're the type of person who um, will connect you with an illustrator, um, will be the middle person and have contracts and deadlines and all of these really good things to, to get your book moving along. Uh, but if you're willing to take all that on yourself, um, the self-publishing is not a hard avenue. And it doesn't, I think, sort of gone are the days where you have to buy a thousand copies of your book and it's thousands of dollars up front to, to try to do a self-publish. Now it's pretty easy. Yeah, I just want to write a bunch of books. That's that's where I'm at right well, now. Can I write a book about like this blank wall over here? Uh, Aaron doesn't know, but we're going to challenge ourselves to write and illustrate a book in the next three days and next week <laughs> well, we're going to have a i didn't agree to yes, any of this. hey that's that's where uh magic happens what do they say necessity is the uh the grandfather of invention this hard deadline of three days maybe you guys will strike gold who knows i think it'll be a cool <laughs> exercise anyway and i think it would make people laugh so we're gonna come up with something yeah. kellen wanted to ask you a question as a a young man, teenager, I was always writing stories and I was always doodling. I have ADD really bad, so I can do homework and, and listen and doodle at the same time because my teachers would say he writes these really cool stories in the margins of his papers and he illustrates them. And I don't want to get him in trouble, but he needs to not do that anymore. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Uh, did you have a similar uh, thing where this was was a passion that you had when you were young? Yeah, so um, I've always been a uh, uh, an artistic person. It was never uh, my main focus. Um, I went through, you know, band and, and went through a period of like a lot of music stuff, but um, always been fairly artistic. And um, my absolute favorite class I've ever taken in school was creative writing. I mean, I like, I like mm. writing goofy stuff. Um, it's just like, things that make people smile or laugh. Um, you know, it's, I'm, as a pastor, I do a lot of writing as well. When I got into youth ministry and I was starting to um, get into that world, I started in graphic design, um, sort of learning how to do logos and flyers. And, oh, cool. um, you know, this was like 15 years ago. So um, Facebook was still like really heavy on uh, the teenagers. So uh, it was, implementing all of this design work to, to really engage uh, the youth. Um, but that's how I do my illustrations is all through uh, graphic design. Um, so it was, it was, it took me a while to get to the place where I could illustrate what I was thinking. Um, but it pushed me and, and like now I think my, my design skills are, are at a different place for my church and, and for my ministries. So that's cool too. They kind of push each other. Is there a platform that you uh, use? Corel Draw. Um, and I got into that because in my youth, um, a long time ago, this probably gives you more of an idea of, um, what, where my head was at when I was much younger. I thought that I was going to start some sort of t-shirt company coming up with like funny t-shirts. Mm -hmm. 
Um, 18 year old Kellen thought that that was like a long-term investment in my future was coming up with good slogans for t-shirts, uh, early two thousands. And I I make some of them myself, but like, I'm not, not paying my bills with t-shirts. I'm not paying my bills with, uh, children's books either, but, um, in, in either case, so I started, I started using Corel because I was told that, that like that was a program that, that screen printers really used a lot. Um, and so I sort of taught myself how to do most of the stuff. I know a lot of people use Illustrator or Photoshop and stuff like that, but uh, I just never learned them because I have this program I already know. So I wanted to ask you this. You have always been creative and you have always been artistic from the conversation we've had, uh, you as a young man uh, growing up. Um, Where did the intersection between that and your faith come in as far as being a pastor? I I felt called to youth ministry ever since I was in youth ministry. It was something that um, it was so pivotal in my life in a time that like everything else Mm. felt like it wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. Um, I felt like this refuge in youth ministry. So uh, I went to school for music education, but really just to get a degree, something I, I think I had thought it was going to be a, a real easy degree to get. And so that's what I went to college for. But um, out of college, I, I started working at a church and just knew that was like, I couldn't do anything but ministry. Um, I, I would never be as happy as I was right then. Um, and so the, especially in youth ministry, cause I feel like, um, boy, to keep up with those teenagers, you gotta be, you gotta be creative all over the place. Um, uh, but I bring a lot of that into, uh, my, uh, pastoral oh, yeah. leadership now. I, oh, yeah. over the last maybe five or six years, I've had a lot of experience, um, working with adults and finding that all the things I loved working with teenagers, I also love about working with adults. So that, that's what brought me into pastoring an entire church versus just being the youth leader and, and focusing on that one group of people. I've sort of broadened that. Uh, it's still a passion of mine, but um, yeah, I love, I love that. Um, I don't know. I feel like I bring this, uh, this artistic eye to everything that I, I do. And in the world that we live in right now, like your church website and your church logo and your, uh, your marketing materials, um, you know, even in our worship space, being able to do video editing and, um, you know, different creative pieces in that way have been really dynamic for the growth of the church that I'm in. I'm so thankful. Hey, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Uh, being a, a creative and, uh, going to school and, and, and to, to find that, and then also doing ministry. Um, when I was a young kid, I wanted to work, uh, at Disney. I wanted to be an Imagineer. That was my, my plan. I had this once in a lifetime chance where when, uh, I think it was like fifth grade, they wanted you to say what your job that you wanted to be. And I was like, I want to be an artist. I want to create things. I want to make cartoons. I want to make comics. I want to do all that. And I got a chance to meet an Imagineer, you know, uh, and he helped me write my paper as far as like I interviewed him and stuff. And he sent me some cells of cartoons and stuff. And that was just a really awesome thing for me. And so my trajectory for life was art, right? Like my whole family was like, you're going into art, you're going into art. Well, God changed that. Right. And I totally, uh, followed my call into ministry 
And uh, I had some family members, and I don't know if you had any like this, that not my mom, not my dad, but some, you know, fringe family were like, you're throwing your creative juices away, and you're never going to live up to your potential, blah, blah, blah. And I fought that a little bit, and eventually it, 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 it's a non sequitur now, because one of the things that I love about ministry is that it allows me to be so creative. Like you said, uh, you have to be creative. Sometimes I've had to be so creative because we had like a dollar right, fifty in the bank right, account yes. and I got to make a dollar fifty something cool for the kids, you know? And so uh, my brother took the art route and he works for Warner brothers and cartoon network and all that kind of stuff. And he is working for the man and he is churning out things. Mm-hmm. And when he gets home, he does not want to do art at all. But for me, I look at art as oh, yeah. a passion, as a as a way of saying thank you to God. And he created me this way. It, it calms me. I can do it in my work. I don't do it all the time, but there are creative eyes that you have to look through in ministry and stuff like that. But I was just wondering, did you have any kickback on that? With, with the uh, amount of uh, time I spent in like detention and things like that. The fact that I have a job that has a steady paycheck, I think is pretty exciting for most of my family. Um, and, and they're, they're real patient with me. Like, um, so I, I am a pastor, but, um, you can't tell from the sound of my voice, but, uh, I'm tattooed from my knuckles up to my clavicle. Um, you know, I have, I have about 140 hours of tattooing in and I, I have two tattoos That's that awesome. got pushed off because of, uh, COVID restrictions. <laughs> Um, and so like I, I live a fairly, uh, artistic lifestyle yeah. in that way, but I do love that. I, I've never had to, I've not ever had to do the, the corporate piece and had to like create to sell. Like I create and meant my ability to share the gospel. I love that. I love that. I don't have to punch no, a clock and yeah. go and, and have to I make mean, drawings for definitely. other people or, or things like that, you know? So I think for them, the biggest thing is that I'm happy and I'm not have to bail me out of trouble or anything. Um, I think they, they see, they see how happy I am. And um, I was a dabbler. I was never really so invested in one That's particular awesome. thing that they all had their mindset. You know, I wasn't like, Oh man, he's always, he's always making shirts. He's going to be a, he's going to be a designer or, you know, he's always, drawing these comic book characters, he's going to make comics someday. Um, it was just like a little bit of everything. And I love trying new things. Um, I actually uh, am looking into learning how to do uh, etchings and prints. Like that seems like a really cool thing I know nothing about, but like, I want to try it. Uh, but like, I don't necessarily want that to be my nice. job. I'd rather just like learn how to do it and fall in love with it. The cool thing about art is art is so subjective and art is a passion, especially us as Christians we know that the only reason we are able to create is because we were given that gift by the creator. And it, it's awesome to be able yeah. to work with your hands and have something in your mind and put it on paper or put it, build it. And, and you can look at it afterwards and be like, Oh my gosh, that's, I did that, you know? And uh, that's, that's where I get pleasure from. And, and I, I definitely uh, am, am, you know, my wife's been trying to put a, fire under my bottom about getting some of these because I've I've wrote so many books and and illustrated them and they're just sitting there and uh, I told myself 
2020 <laughs> is going to be the change. And then everything went crazy. <laughs> and so I've been trying to use a couple hours a day to hit that sweet spot of, of that's, that's almost like my, a part of my quiet time too, is just developing my passion for what God's given me the ability to do. Now, let's pause for a childish behavior commercial break. You, my dear friends, can get lead volunteers today. That's leadvolunteers.com, or you can go to the Childish Behavior Ministries site. Go to the bottom of the page, click the lead volunteers link. It's going to be epic, and you too can learn how to better lead volunteers. From the makers of Sleepy Time and Siestaville comes Nap. Are you tired of being tired? Well, guess what, my friend? With Nap, it can make all the difference. Please see your doctor and consult with your physician, as Nap may not be for everyone. But just know that if you are sad, tired, hangry, angry, mad at the world, you might need a Nap. My name is Hazmat Pat. I want to introduce you to Hazmat Pets, gently used hazmat suits, and more. My father used to always tell me that by the time you drive off the lot, your hazmat suit has lost a lot of value. All gently used hazmat suits have been sprayed down with top-of-the-line disinfectants, and we have patched up all the holes and tears with top-of-the-line premium duct tape. So, you can rest assured that you can get a top-of-the-line hazmat suit for thrift store prices. Just call 5999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999-999
to create the PFFWD, the personal face-to-face -face worship drone. Drones are all the rage these days, so why not put them in our ministry? These drones come with fog machines, Bluetooth audio hookup for pumping out that awesome praise music, LCD screens where you can put your face on there and talk to the kids, try not to scare them, and it will come right to their door using GPS technology. We have a, a hydraulic arm to attach arts, crafts, curriculums, or DVD collections of the three months of Bible lessons that nobody watched online. You know, it's pretty amazing what technology can do. So, if you're interested, call today for the PFFWD, Personal Face-to-Face -face Worship Drone. No germs will get on you here. It's safe, it's reliable, please don't sue us when these things fall out of the air and crash into your trees or your cars. But, you know, that's why we have church waivers. It's the PFFWD. Childish behavior is not responsible for anything sold on this website. Now, back to our show. Are you guys familiar with the, the movie Chariots of Fire? <laughs> Whatever movie you say, I'm going to say no, just because. Okay, so Chariots of Fire is a movie. The, you, you've heard the song before. very famous song but it was about a missionary that ran in the olympic people were saying you got to get back to the mission field and he's like well when i run i feel god smile just being able to hone a gift that god has given me is pretty cool i love that kind of stuff uh, and that's how i started too is this idea that i wanted to make a single book like it was already done i just wanted to print it for my son um and now it, so that was that was just over three years ago that um that one and i get messages from People who have bought my book that I have, I've never met people that just typed into Amazon, you know, whatever, however they found my book, they found it and bought it and loved it. And they contact me and they tell me how it's, you know, affected their lives or, um, you know, just pages and pages of reviews on Amazon for these, for this book. And it's like, um, that's amazing. That's what it's about for me is, is knowing that like I impacted this person's life in such a positive way. I wanted it for my family. Uh, I didn't even understand right. at the time how meaningful it would be to have that for other people's families, but now I do. And it's amazing. It's awesome, man. So I know we could get into a big, long conversation about this, but, uh, what would you tell somebody as a person that was on the fence at one time and then jumped out? Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Right. Um, and I mean, it's, I think it's so easy to talk yourself out of these things or, um, you know, at the yes. first sign of complication or the first sign of, uh, resistance or, or I think really it is just not knowing where to go. Like, where do you start? Um, and, and not knowing what those things are, it's really easy to just never move forward. Um, and I would say find somebody who's doing what you want to do and pick their brain, but like do it. Or I can't imagine anyone uh, who's, creating something. And, and like you said, sort of emulating the creator, like we're doing this, we were made in the image of God. And, and so we are out there creating. Uh, and I think it's meant to be shared. 
And so do it. I don't think you'll regret it. I think you'll be fulfilled in a way you didn't even know. And if anyone has questions about specifically um, children's books and illustrating, um, I'm a, I'm assuming that they can contact one of you guys and you can pass along some, some information. That'd be great. On Amazon, if you just you know search my name or search uh, my dad has a beard and go to the author page, you can see all my books there. I've illustrated a couple others for other authors. Um, so there's there's a lot there of my artwork. I'd say get one of my books. I th- I think that they're they're fun. I I try to make them both uh, enjoyable for the parent and the child, as well as hopefully have some sort of redeeming message. Uh, well, like the awkward dinosaurs is one of my newer ones, um, but that's all about like being okay with being awkward um, and like the awkward dinosaurs. It's you know it's about these awkward dinosaurs and. It's super fun. Um, it's it's silly. People love it. Dude, I need to get that one today. <laughs> he, he wrote a book yeah. for me. You guys or, can read it to each other. That'd be awesome. Dude, Actually, this whole process has is, is gained a whole new appreciation for me and those who illustrate the books that I grew up with. Because the illustrations really do shape a fair amount of the story. Um, I had under I had undervalued that oh, yeah. before illustrating my own books. And like, man, oh man, um, now I look back at some of these books that I grew up with and I just uh, fall in love with them all over again. If I just read the text without these pictures, Dr. Seuss or Shel Silverstein are, are such great examples because you think of their very, their very specific um, look and feel. And it's not yeah. just the writing. It's, it's this, um, this vision that, that has come together. Oh, exactly. Like my kids are on an Eric Carlisle binge right now where it's like, I love his, like, it almost looks like origami that he, that he like colored with, with paint and stuff and then crumbled it all up. But the, the, yep. uh, hungry, hungry caterpillar, man, I love that page where it's like, he ate this ice cream and he I, ate I like this the pretzel and, he, in the book and, and like my kids just giggle at that and they've seen it their whole life and they still open it up. And they giggle at those pages. It's funny is when I read it to my kids, I always, the yeah. butterflies on the last page, I always slap the book. Always. Me too. I, I knew to. we were brothers. You if you don't do that, then uh, you obviously don't know who Jesus is. Say what? The views and opinions expressed by Aaron are those of the LaBarge Institute of Frozen Burritos and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of childish behavior. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's a bold uh, I don't know where that was in scripture, but I'm sure... That's a shot across sure. the back. I'm just kidding. That has nothing to do with your salvation. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm just kidding with you, buddy. But yeah, man, I love it. I, I just, my kids love books and I always love that about them that they would, over a lot of things, they would say, we've got to get books. And they'd go to the library and get new books. And then they would want for Christmas, they'd want books. And I'm like, people would be like, you're just buying kids books all the time. I'm like, I'd rather buy books and have them read and enjoy these things and make a library for my grandchildren one day than than buy them something that they're not going to enjoy. I I don't know. Too many kids don't don't sit down with books anymore. We were actually talking about uh, changing a room in our house to a library for our kids because they love books so much. What's a piece of advice that you were given maybe about spiritual things, maybe about books, uh, something that changed your life. I was given the opportunity to um, potentially teach Sunday school for the senior high. I was fresh out of college um, and they were looking for a senior high Sunday school teacher. And I, you know, I thought, you know, I always sort of wanted to do this. And 
Um, almost immediately, I started, started talking myself out of it, um, saying like, you know, they'll put me with like a real adult and like, cause I'm, you know, 20 something, they'll have me, uh, setting up chairs or running copies or sharpening pencils or something had almost decided that I wasn't going to do this. And, um, and just like in that moment, um, a person I was sitting in the church pew person there said, what's, you know, saw me looking at it and I was about to stop. And they said, what's the worst that could happen? They say no. Um, and I thought, yeah, absolutely right. They, they call me and I say, I'd like to do this my yeah. way. And they say, no, what's, what's the, how's that any different than right now? Um, and so I signed up, they called me that same day. I, I started saying, I'd like to do it my yeah. way. And they said, whatever, we just need it. We need, we need something different. We need a new teacher. We need to try something different. And that was it, man. When I got in front of those kids and I was teaching and that was it. I, I knew from that point on. And so every time I get, I get posed uh, something that, that seems exciting or a little bit scary or um, something that I, I think might be a defining uh, opportunity um, before, before, or maybe right after I start trying to talk myself out of it. I try to remember that what's the worst that could happen. But, uh, I, I started very similar like that, Kellen, uh, with a middle school class, Sunday school teacher. And I had a Sunday school teacher that he, he was a, a, he's probably about 10, 15 years older than me. But when I look back at that time, I thought he was like a grown up. you know, I was like, Oh, he's a grown man. But you know, he was mid twenties and he, he, he really invested his time in me and, and taught me some things and, and, and gave me room to fail, but was always there, you know, and it was, it was a perfect situation for me. And, yeah. and I, like I, like you said, I never turned back, you know, I was just, I was in love, but yeah, jumping out there is scary. And so a lot of what we talked about today is, you know, fear can just totally wreck your whole life if, if, if that's all you're, you're waiting on is for uh, a green light to go, you might miss out on an aw awesome opportunity. You know, God's laid all these things out for us. And uh, sometimes we're the yeah, gatekeeper. For sure. We've had a great time. It's going to be a good episode. It's time for the most dangerous part of the entire episode. And that is where we ask the childish question of the day. Are you prepared for this? I feel like I've been preparing my whole life for this very moment. <laughs> well, <laughs> question one, reading rainbow or wishbone? Reading rainbow, hands down, no question. I mean, I like dogs and all, but come on. Question two, who would win in a WWF-style brawl between Team Butterfly in the Sky, LeVar Burton, Wishbone, and David the Gnome, and their opponents, Daniel Tiger and the Funky Bunch, with Mr. Rogers, Captain Kangaroo, and Oscar the Grouch? I like to think that this is kind of like who would win in a fight between... Gandhi and Jesus, like neither of them would fight. You know, they probably like play checkers and high five a lot, right? So, uh, my guess is these guys would like all hug it out, um, except for maybe Wishbone because Wishbone's a dog. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Ah, oh, come on! You know that Mister Rogers would do a diamond cutter all day long on David the Gnome. 
Couldn't you see LeVar Burton like jumping off the top rope, just smashing Oscar the Grouch? I just think that'd be pretty fun. Hey, you, Scram! I'm serious. Quick story about Wishbone. I aced a final in sixth grade because I watched Wishbone over the summer. And there were some books that I forgot to read. <laughs> and I aced it because of Wishbone. <laughs> That's awesome. You have an awesome array of books. Do you have any that you're currently working on that you could give us a sneak peek of? I'm currently working on a book. Um, it's a mermaid book, and I don't have a title for it yet, so I can't even plug it for you. Uh, female mermaids with non-traditionally female jobs, like lumberjack or chef or doctor, you know, kind of pushing against traditionally female jobs. Maybe something like uh, investment banker here in the, the sand bank, and uh, she's got all the sand dollars. The sand bank. But like I, I love yeah. it. My hope is, again, just to have a, a redeeming message. Ooh, that's awesome. Could we maybe come up with a title for your book? I will uh, listen to and think about all titles, but uh, uh, I don't want you to be let down by anything that does or does not transpire from that conversation. Let's see. Let's see. Let's think about it. Uh, Murtastic mer. Oh, I got it. Working nine to fin. <laughs> Wait a second. Mer money, mer problems. That's a good one. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to get a lawyer and check. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, this was a blast. Thanks, guys. Do it. Uh, if you're on social media, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Childish Behavior Podcast. And then on Twitter, we are at Childish Too because their stuff is short and we can't fit all that on there. Yeah. So check us out, like us, follow us, share us, whatever you want to do, we'd appreciate it. Also, on Apple iTunes, please go and leave a review and give us a star rating. If you'd like to give us a five star, I'm not stopping you. But help us out with that, please. This is Kellen with Rick and Aaron. Stay childish. Butterfly in the sky. I can't go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. Here's some other books that you might like. But you don't have to take my word for it. Stay childish, my friend.